And that's what I want to focus on, thankfulness, gratitude, and the power of thankfulness. Now, I recognise in the room that there would be a broad kind of uh, set of beliefs in the room. We would have that most Sundays, actually, but particularly today, there may well be people here, it's your first time in church, want to say, great to have you here, but you do not have to be a Christian or religious in any way to appreciate the power of thankfulness. Uh, I reckon if I could snap my fingers, and as a result of this talk, I could make each of you three times more thankful uh, in your person, and you headed out into your job, and your family, and your, your world, more thankful, that would be a good thing. And you wouldn't have to be religious to believe that. I'm not saying that this talk is going to produce that in you. Um, it, it may, it probably won't. Um, but if that happens, that would be a great thing. And you don't have to be a Christian to say that. I was listening to a radio discussion recently between uh, a guy called Jordan Peterson, who is a thinker who identifies himself as a Christian, and uh, a woman called Susan Blackmore. Um, she should come up, this is her. And she identifies as an atheist humanist, so wouldn't believe in God in that sense. And yet she bigs up the idea of gratitude. She, uh, she said this in that discussion, I am led to gratitude for all that we have. That is nothing to do with any religious basis at all, but I recognise that I could not come on the train here, have a really interesting discussion, have a nice glass of cool water, without a load of other people doing it for me. It's a very important thing, thankfulness. And that doesn't have to come from anything religious. And so whatever our religious convictions, this morning we are fans of thankfulness. And what I want us to do is just explore that idea really. I want to explore it with three questions. And the questions I want to ask are, what is thankfulness? Then why does it matter? Why is it a big deal? Why would it be an attractive thing to have in your life? And thirdly, at the end, I want to look at how can we actually be more thankful? What are some of the keys to becoming thankful? So that's where we're headed. So let's just start with question one. What is thankfulness? Now, I guess we don't need to linger too long. We all learn to say thank you pretty early on in life. Uh, my daughter hasn't quite got there, but most of you have <laughs> And you learn to say thank you. But a few definitions just to help us. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary describes or defines thankfulness as feeling or showing an appreciation for something done or received. It seems pretty obvious, but just notice it's a response thankfulness. Like a ball can't just bounce without it hitting something. Thankfulness can't just be, it's a response to something that happens. It's a, a reaction to something that goes on or you get. Uh, here's Robert Emmons, who, check this out for someone to quote, think very clever today. Uh, Robert Emmons, according to his own employer's website, is described as the world's leading scientific thinker on gratitude. Mm. So, I mean, I guess they might just be making it up, but I reckon let's go with it. He says this about gratitude, it's a state linked to the perception that one has received a personal benefit that was not intentionally sought after, deserved, or earned, but rather because of the good intentions of another. That's gratitude. And that's why I'm more grateful for the can of Diet Coke that I got this week than my payslip. Let me explain. Uh, this week, two things landed on my desk. One of them was my payslip, and one of them was a can of Diet Coke that someone bought me. Now, the payslip, it's not like I was 
arrogantly dismissive of that, I'm glad to get paid, I'm thankful to be paid, but also, in one sense at least, maybe that my boss is here, I kind of deserve, maybe, maybe not, but kind of deserve to be paid. I do some work, it's average, and I get a, a pay slip. I'm not saying that that's average, but you can make money. Um, I get paid in response to something that I do. It's a contract, it's a, it's a functional relationship. I, I'm grateful in a sense, but I don't feel staggeringly so like I want to jump out and sing every time it lands on my desk because it kind of should in a way. <laughs> but then this kind of fire coke appeared this week, and someone turned up just out of the goodness of their heart, and I didn't have any change in my wallet because I'd spent it all on the bus, and yet so I couldn't give back for this can of Diet Coke, but they just gave me a can of Diet Coke because they know I love Diet Coke and I'm pretty much addicted to Diet Coke and they knew that I would love that and they just did me good by giving it. Now, only just, but my payslip is worth a lot more than my Diet Coke and maybe about seven times as much, but my, but my, my can of Diet Coke, though small, brought me this sense of gratitude because it was some sort of thing just Wow, just thank you. I think that's why G.K. Chesterton said in a very G.K. Chesterton sort of way that thanks are the highest form of thought and gratitude is not just being chuffed, but it's happiness doubled by wonder. Wow, thank you. That's gratitude. Now, why does it matter? Question number two. And this is where I want to spend most of our time, so if we're here slightly longer, don't panic. Uh, why does gratitude, thankfulness, matter? Why is it an attractive thing? Why should we seek it? Uh, now, I've got some work to do to, to back this up, but I think it's important for two connected reasons. Here they are. Firstly, because we all want to be happy. And secondly, because thankfulness is essential to happiness. If you meet a happy person, they are a thankful person. And if you meet a thankful person, in this case, they are a happy person. I've got some work to do to back that up, and I want to define all of that really carefully. But firstly, let's go with the first one. We all want to be happy. Now, we in the room would be quite different. Different backgrounds, different ethnicities, uh, different church experience, different academic background, different career, etc. We'd all be doing loads of different things with our lives. You'd be doing this. Yesterday I was watching football. You might have been gardening. You might have been at the pet shop. We're all different, but actually we're all the same because we all want to be happy. And what we're doing in life, whichever which way you're going on it, we all are trying to be happy. And that's not bad. That's good. That's natural. That's just in us. We would have very different, I imagine, understandings of what sort of decisions you would make in your life to become happy. But we're all doing the same thing, really. We, want, we just want to be happy, right? Now, the big question is, what would make us happy? What would make us happy? Now, the general idea in history and across cultures about what, what we've assumed about happiness generally is this, that happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is linked to our circumstances, to how things are with us right now, what's going on in our life. And uh, recent studies have actually slightly shockingly revealed that that is not true. Uh, one study um, basically tried to find out 
what percentage of a person's personal sense of happiness, how much they rated their life out of 10 for joy or whatever, across loads of different cultures, and they worked out how much, across the biggest range of circumstances you can imagine, how much does circumstance actually drive happiness? Now, I want you to guess, percentage-wise, what do you think? Shout out. 20%. Any lads on 20? Any lads on 20? <laughs> Higher or lower? 10. 10. 10. 50? It's 10. It's 10%. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you can be happy now. <laughs> it's 10%. Now you might say, yeah, okay, I'm not really interested in that. But here's the thing. Imagine now if you could snap into existence the greatest circumstances you could ever imagine for your whole life. That house, that Kid, uh, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, and all of that, and you can snap into reality your best life that you could dream of, the maximum, according to these guys, this is not the Bible, this is sociology and psychology saying it, the maximum more happy you could be is 10%. Now that's really terrifying, I think. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, I'm putting an awful lot of effort into trying to get slimmer, richer, uh, you know, more friends, you know, get more people liking my Facebook status, uh, more exercise, go to have more experiences in my life, which are good, they're not bad, but I'm putting a lot of time in there, and I reckon you are too, and yet this says the maximum we could be if we're currently 4 out of 10 happy. So if you've got your dream life, 5 out of 10 happy. It's like uh, Jim Carrey said at the height of his power, in an acceptance speech for an award, he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. So what does shape our happiness? What does make us happy people? What does give us a sense of well-being? And these same researchers showed that by far and away, they're not Christians, but by far and away, the biggest thing that gives you a sense of happiness in your life is not your circumstances, but your sense of perspective, attitude, and state of mind within your circumstances. That what brings happiness is not so much that our circumstances would change, but that we would somehow change to have a sense of satisfaction in any circumstance. That's what they spotted, which is why there are loads of beautiful, rich, sad people and loads of poor, and maybe in their eyes, ugly, happy people. It's just really interesting. Now, just to show you that this is true, we're going to do a test. Uh, in 20 seconds, I'm going to show you a room. And this part of the room, you need to know that the perspective you're to have is that this room is a honeymoon suite at the greatest hotel you have ever seen. And it's stunning. And you get to live there for two weeks with all of your friends and family for free on the house. I'm paying. It's going to be great. Ready? And you need to know that it's a prison cell. It's a prison cell. And you've been sentenced to prison and you need to stay in this disgusting prison cell for six whole months. Okay, sorry. Okay? Three, two, one, show the room. Now, by the medium of sound effects only, how do you feel? How do you feel?
It's the same room. But within the room, our perspective, our sense of well-being, our state of mind, whatever our room, is what drives us much more. It's the same room, and yet you had no joy, and you were pretty chuffed. <laughs> Happiness is about our perspective. And uh, one guy in the Bible found this out. His name was Paul, and he wrote this. I know, wouldn't you love this to be true of you? I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. That would do, wouldn't it? Now, how do we get that? And slightly unsurprisingly, I want to suggest that it's thankfulness. Thankfulness. The power of thankfulness. You know, the same researchers did a test. It's not very uh, deep, this. It's just slightly superficial. But what they did was they asked a group of people to go home at the end of their day, just a normal day, for three weeks. And for three weeks, they needed to write something down in a journal. That's your thing? Go for it. It's not mine. But we're each different. And they went home, and in their journal, they had to just write down five things. And half the group had to write down five things that they were annoyed about. Hassles. The traffic lights got stuck. My boss didn't reply to my email, and when he did, it was blunt. They're not life-changing tragedies, but just hassles. And the other group had to write down five things that they were thankful for. The sun shone through my window at work and warmed my face. You know, again, not necessarily life-changing, uh, but just things that they were glad about. And even in this pretty superficial little test, the researchers couldn't believe what they found. At the end of the three weeks, they found that those who just were deliberately thankful, what did Chris say? The discipline of thanking God for the sleep that he is getting. <laughs> and they reported as being more alert, feeling more alive, higher levels of joy, felt better about their physical health, longer sleep, hallelujah, better sleep, hallelujah, wake up feeling more refreshed, blood pressure was, was actually lowered, physical changes. And they were found to feel less lonely, more motivated to serve others for the common good. And all they did was jot down a couple of things in a journal. But that's the power of thankfulness. And nothing had changed in their life. But they were thankful. And the researchers concluded this. They said the expression of gratitude is a kind of meta-strategy for achieving happiness. It's why it's probably no coincidence that the guy who said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation in the Bible, also wrote this. He said, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I've just got to say right now that I recognise that for some of you, you would not want to thank God if he existed for your circumstances right now. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on in your life, but a room this big, there'll be some stuff. And uh, lots of you wouldn't know what's going on in my life. Um, but there might be some stuff that I'd want to go a certain way. But the Bible doesn't say the route to happiness is being thankful for all circumstances. 
The Bible says be thankful in all circumstances. It pleads with us, encourages us, even in the darkest times. And this guy, Paul, he knew some times that were tricky. He was shipwrecked, beaten up, homeless. The guy went through it. And he doesn't say glibly, ignore your pain. Everything's rosy, isn't it? Clap your hands if you feel happy and all of that. He says, no, even in hard circumstances, be thankful in them. And that will lead you to an inner peace and a poise that would make you actually indestructible, whatever came your way. That's what the Bible says. Now, here's the thing. That's pretty hard to do. And uh, you can set, I can give you loads of practical tips. Set an alarm on your phone that says, be thankful. And then you just snooze it. Or I could give you each a journal. And most of you would go, I don't, I'm not that guy. And that's fine, okay? The practical tips, you might have to each work out for yourself. But I want to come back to this idea of how can we become thankful by returning to the definition we saw at the start. And this is kind of our final question. What are the keys to thankfulness, to becoming thankful? Do you remember that definition? Receiving something, receiving something from the goodness of the heart of another that you didn't seek after and you didn't try and get but that just came to you like a diet coke and you went wow and i've got to say that this is why i love being a christian i really love being a christian uh, i wasn't a christian for lots of my life i was an atheist and i love being a christian and um, some people ask me are you happier now you're a christian and uh, it feels like a trick question, because if I say, oh, not really, then that feels like I'm kind of letting the Lord Jesus down uh, and, and kind of saying, no, it's rubbish, you know, which I don't think. I don't think that. I think it's wonderful. I love knowing God. Um, but if I say yes, then it sounds like, because we're all wired to think of happiness as circumstantial, it sounds like I'm going, yeah, become a Christian, everything's sorted, you get money, you get a car, it's great. And that isn't true. Jesus was killed. Did you notice that? And so it's not a, a promise of an easy ride. But I've learned now to confidently say to that question, are you more happy as a Christian? Yes. 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 Because happiness isn't about circumstances. It's about being given a sense of inner peace and poise and perspective in your circumstances. It's about thankfulness. And as a Christian, I have now at the centre of my life, which I didn't before, I have at the centre of my life, someone to thank, and I have a load of undeserved gifts that I'm bewildered at, that make me have that G.K. Chesterton thing of wonder. I have that. First of all, I have someone to thank. When I'm at the shop, when you're at the shop, you give your tenor, and they give you your change, you know who to say thank you to, don't you? Who do you say thank you to? The shopkeeper, right? You don't say thank you to the person that's next to you, you thank the shopkeeper. When you're at Christmas, unless you're one of those people who do Secret Santa, which is not a thing, but if you do Secret Santa, if you don't do that, you know who to thank for the gift. It's the person who gave you your gift. But I found this experience in me, and maybe you can relate to this, I found this experience in me before as a Christian that there were things in the world that I wanted to thank someone for, that I had wonder for. A view, an amazing view, music, emotions, a baby, an 
who do you thank for a view? Who do you thank for music? Who do you thank for emotions? Who do you thank for a baby? Now, my wife is, is currently, right now, working on the neonatal unit at a hospital. So you should thank your doctors, and you should thank your midwives, and you should thank your wife if you're the guy here. You should thank them, they can do their job. <laughs> you really thank for a baby. Do you remember Susan Blackmore, that uh, woman we looked at at the start? In that discussion with Jordan Peterson about gratitude, she said, it doesn't come from gratitude from any religious thing. And Jordan Peterson asks her, well, what do you think it comes from then? She pauses and she says, uh, it's a feeling of gratitude, not towards God or to anyone or anything, but just free-floating gratitude, thankful to the universe. And it's not a creator. And Peterson just gently says to her, well, then why are you grateful to it? And she says three words that kind of pause the interview for a second. She says, I don't know. G.K. Chesterton says, the worst moment for an atheist, and I've been one, is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. And the Bible says, in response to who do you thank for a baby, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. If you want to be thankful, you need someone to thank, and you need, lastly, and we're done here, you need some undeserved gifts in your life. You know, your pay slip? Yeah, sure. But a gift from the goodness of a heart of another, that'll do it. And that's why I love being a Christian. You know, I used to think Christianity was a slot machine. You, you, put in, you put in your morals and your good deeds and your Christian things, and then you get out, if you're lucky, heaven, um, maybe a pat on the back, maybe the chance to strut around feeling better than everyone else, you know. Cool. I've got no time for Christianity because that. Christianity, every blessing that comes to me as a Christian, comes to me, the Bible says, by God's grace. And grace means, in its very description, undeserved kindness. Amazing grace. Now, so we've sung it already. That's not Christians strutting, going, God is impressed with us. It's Christians bewildered in wonder. God was kind to me. You know, Jesus, when he was on earth, walked up to religious meetings and religious people who were, thought they were pretty good, and he critiqued them so fiercely, you wouldn't believe it. It's almost like, this can't be the Bible. And yet to people who were broken from all walks of life, who knew they hadn't got anything to offer God, that if it was a slot machine, my life is not good enough to warrant heaven forever. <laughs> But for those who knew, God, I've got it wrong. Can we start over? You forgive me. Then you can have it all free, says Jesus. You can know God. You can be with God forever. You can have purpose. You can have hope. You can have infinite realities to be grateful for for free. On your desk, like a diet coke. Because of grace. Ephesians 2 says this, you want to be grateful? God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God.
Now, I'm done. I just want to say that the invitation of Jesus Christ is not to scrub up, look better, be better. It's to receive from him grace. And I've got to say, in my life, I'm a bit of an entitled so-and-so. Did you see how I was banging on about the page yet? But we've got work to do in here. But there is somewhere deep down, there's a poison, a peace, and a thankfulness now. Because God has gifted me so much. He's gifted me himself. I just want to pray for us for a moment. Oh God, there I was. Full to the brim of experiences and reasons to shout out thank you. And, and yet stuck with it on the tip of my tongue because I had no one to thank. But who do you thank for a baby? These beautiful little babies. Every gift comes down from the Father. Thank you, Father, for all you give us. And Lord, thank you that whatever the different rooms we live in, Lord, thank you that you don't clearly call us to just be thankful for whatever we're going through. No, you know pain. Jesus, you died. But you encourage us for our own good. Could you see, could you see reasons to be thankful in your circumstances? And God, I've got to say, knowing you, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Lord, I pray for these little babies that they grow up, not as catching the air of our culture and being entitled and, and tutting when they're not given anything. I, I pray they grow up to be grateful people who have that happiness struggled by wonder. Entitlement says, look at what I deserve and look how little I have. And, and thankfulness, look how little I deserve. Look how much I have. Oh God, you're good. I love you, Lord. Thank you for your work in my life. I pray you get to work in every life here and bring us that gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to hand back to uh, Mr. Bell, and he's going to tell us just about a couple of things, and then we're going to be done. And there's a load of food, and we should be thankful about that. <laughs>